Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you guys are enjoying uh, this amazing music that we've been playing on this beautiful Monday morning. Uh, this is your host, Veronica Pimentel. And Veronica de Lara. And, and today we have... we have a special guest, Sandy. Sandy Logan, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you enjoying this, this lovely morning, Sandy? Oh, I'm loving it. Um, I'm really excited to be on your show and to be able to share my experience with the nonprofit world. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks so much for joining. It's your first time on Radio Olin. And Radio yes, Olin's Platicando is. y Mejorando, to be specific. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm really enjoying this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, honestly, we've learned so much from you already. I know that uh, Vero and I have had our own previous experience in nonprofit world, um, but it's awesome just being able to hear some of the work that uh, that you do. I know later on I want to ask you like how you really got into um, just being able to gain all of this experience with so many different agencies and organizations, um, but kind of just going back to some of the things that we were discussing. Uh, Sandy, since you have worked with so many different nonprofits or agencies, what do you feel makes a nonprofit successful? You know, I think the biggest thing that makes a nonprofit successful is your collaborations with community partners. That is the, huge, the biggest piece of our work is collaborating with our partners, with our law enforcement, our city officials, our families, our schools, our teachers, um, other treatment providers. But by finding that combination of passionate and willing to get in there and start doing the work to help change our communities. Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. And what are some examples of what kind of uh, folks are you collaborating with? Um, so I have a really good network with uh, law enforcement with LAPD as well as the pharmacy um, corporations, CVS, Walgreens. Um, one of my other specialties is um, physical therapy associations, pharmacy associations, uh, schools, universities of professions, like for example, pharmacies, as well as physical therapists. I think we have a huge opportunity to work with new grads that are coming in are so passionate about their industry and we i hope to plant seeds of prevention in their future as they go into the working world that they can continue the work beyond us to help it make it more sustainable yeah thank you sandy and i think that's also very important for those that are listening just to the working in a nonprofit and just the importance of having a collaboration among organizations and community members in order for us to do the work that we do. Um, so thank you for that. I think also just to add a little bit more, I know you said earlier on you were talking about working with pharmacists and, and really advocating for safe disposal boxes and being able to, well, how do we prevent, you know, opiate uh, substance use? And the way we do it is by working on our environmental strategies, which include, you know, providing safe disposal boxes where people can dispose of their medication and other preventative measures. 
Um, what other work, I know you've worked in other organizations as well and nonprofits specifically, and you've done work, I think you mentioned earlier, um, the 15, every 15 minutes. Can you share a little bit about, I know that was a lot of collaboration, um, but it also focused on a different type of substance, but it was still prevention. Yeah, that was a great question. That was a great event. Um, I've hosted the, I was able to bring the every 15 minutes to the San Fernando Valley for the first time. Um, I, it started off at Birmingham High School. We had over 5,000 students um, that attended a two-day event and actually it was Birmingham High School and actually three other schools that came and participated in this event. But in the collaboration part of that, we had another nonprofit that gave us private funding to be able to help pay for a large percentage of this, as well as um, law enforcement was huge. Fire department was huge because we actually did a reenactment of a car accident at a school. And then we also select about 10 students to be the key actors in our movie that we're creating. We also were able to recruit a local film school, uh, Columbia College, to come out and help record and teach our students how to be, you know, stars and help share this information about wow, underage awesome. drinking. Yeah, that sounds like it's a, an, a, a very effective strategy. Um, I know personally, um, we had the, every 15 minutes at our high school, and it was very emotional, like getting to see um, the impact that it had, even in our school, like those popular students, or maybe just the quiet ones that were selected to be the ones who um who had died um yeah. and just writing the letters to them and then their families actually feeling like going going through the motion or not just going through the motions but going through the the reenactment yes i know it definitely took a toll on their family and i know for us it was like three days of them not going home they would just sleep there and just to make it feel even more real for them and uh, for the students as well as their families and I feel like it was a very effective uh, program Well, I think that the that's one component of this piece um, You also have the parent component that we're working with parents about educating them about underage drinking and per Showing them how to be good role models with their children about alcohol But even more important we had created policy at Birmingham High School that from now on um, for prom events, the kids will be taken by shuttle, you know, so there would be in a charter bus would be coming out. And this all became because of the E15 to help prevent underage drinking. That became a school policy that they hire a charter bus to come pick up the students and take them to an event. So they're not allowed to go in their own cars or by limo anymore. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great. And that's, uh, and I think that that part of the work that you've done, um, not just doing a one like an event, right, but also doing something that, you know, that you can implement for the long term and making some social norm changes. But I think uh, we're gonna, we, this is a great conversation. And we, we wouldn't we need to go on a quick music break. So we're going to go on a music break. And we'll be right back. And we'll continue to um, talk to uh, Sandy about her work in the nonprofit. Thank you.
Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Pueblo y Salud, Platicando y Mejorando. This is your host, Veronica Pimentel. And Veronica de Lara. And we have our special guest, Sandy Logan. Hi, guys. That was great music. I really enjoyed it. Me too. I love dancing. I love, um, I love lively music in the morning. So I feel like it kind of just sets my mood for the day. Yes, it does. Before we, we went on a music break, um, Sandy, you were sharing with us a little bit of the different types of nonprofits you worked for and the type of work you've done in um, opiate prevention um, and as well as alcohol, alcohol consumption um, prevention as well. But um, I think also, you know, I think what's important, and you've talked about just the work that you've done and the collaboration among organizations and different community groups that the importance of collaborating for um, especially if you're working for a nonprofit because, well, you need to combine resources in order to, you know, execute a program or a project. Or, um, so with that, um, you know, I want to share with us a little bit about sustainability for nonprofits. You know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about grant writing and having to apply for grants, um, but can you share a little bit about the importance of sustainability? Well, I think that's a huge important a huge part of the nonprofit world is to be able to sustain your vision of your project if it's policy work or if it's collaboration or in education because in the nonprofit world you're not always going to be there so your work needs to be able to stand and stay for and stay for longer periods of time even when the nonprofit has gone or moved on to a different project and a different need in the community so sustainability is huge is educating, empowering our communities to be able to take on the work after we have left. Yeah, and with that, um, and you mentioned it's even done through, through policy or as well as, um, so, so, so if you do some grant writing, a little bit of those that are listening um, that have, may have a nonprofit or are currently working for a nonprofit and may want to just grow the nonprofit, uh, you mentioned some uh, importance of, of applying for grants. Where, uh, what kind of grants or where can people look for, for grants? What are, where are some possibilities? I could... Well, there's all kinds of different uh, funding streams that we can look into. You have the government grants that are a little more formal and that have strict guidelines on who can use it, where you can use it. Um, a specific area, a designated area, let's say the San Fernando Valley only, but only in the Van Nuys area, or anybody, you know, under the age of 18, they have designed specific requirements for those grants. But you also have alternative, sorry, are you recording? Yes. Okay, so there's alternative ways of getting funding for your communities. Um, one of the easiest ways of getting funding is going through your local bank. Your local bank has opportunities of getting private funding from a family. So let's say, for example, if I created a foundation of the Sandy Logan Foundation, and I wanted to do underage drinking for anybody under the age of 18 years old in the city of Van Nuys only. And if you are, have your nonprofit and you provide services for that specific community, you can actually apply for that. And the grants are a little easier to get, get into and there's a little less guidelines um, as long as you're providing the services for that community. 
Well, this is great information, especially for those that have a nonprofit or uh, are seeking to open their own nonprofit. And I think we want to get into a little bit more since Sandy um, is starting her process of starting a new pro nonprofit. But before we get into that, because it is a lengthy process, uh, let's go into a quick music break and we'll be back and we can talk a little bit more about how to start your own nonprofit. Sounds good.
See, he's a lean, mean, fighting machine. Eats big cuisine and he's on the scene, living life. Hanging on the edge like a cat, walking on a building's ledge. No need for education, reputation is raw. He's a brother like no other, don't believe in the law. Cause he rules like a tyrant, stopping a week is not his fault. He's got a mean streak.
Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Platicando y Mejorando. This is your host, Veronica Pimentel. And Veronica de Lara. And our special guest, Sandy Logan. Sandy, welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show with us. And, you know, today, for those that are just tuning in or have been tuning in, we are talking about just the work and what it is to work for nonprofits and what it, the what it means to work for nonprofits. Um, I think there's uh, there's a lot of people that still aren't familiar with nonprofits and understand how nonprofits work. And before we went on a music break, you were talking about just the different funding opportunities for those that may be interested in um, starting their own nonprofit or work for a nonprofit and are looking for additional funding. And you mentioned that there's federal um, different levels of government that they can seek for funding or foundations or county money or city money. Um, so thank you for that, Sandy. And I think before we went off, we were going to get into, so for those that are just listening, Sandy is looking into starting her own nonprofit. And so she's already uh, decided what she wants to focus on and has started kind of the, the paperwork for that. So if you want to share for those that are listening that may be interested in starting a nonprofit, what that looks like. Um, yeah, so I'm looking into the, the paperwork right now to start a nonprofit. Um, it is, you know, starting off with the IRS and being able to get a 503 Schedule 1 um, tax exempt form. And also, even before all that, you need to have your board members, right? So ideally, it's a great opportunity to get board members that believe in your vision and that they want to see the change that you are looking to implement into your community. So you have maybe somebody from law enforcement, maybe somebody from the faith community, um, a parent from the community, or even business or corporations that are in your community that are going to reinvest their time and energy in, into improving the health and well-being of your community. And so, Sandy, what um, advice for those that are potentially wanting to start their nonprofit? What are what are some things that you, to, to weed out the bad ones, how do you pick good board members that you know they're going to be committed to you? Is there something that you look, um, or questions that you ask before choosing them? So they could be good, but how do you know it's for the long? I think it's, you know, being able to sit down with your board member, um, possible per candidate, and tell them your vision and show them your vision um, and be able to identify if they are going to be able to support and be invested in your, in your nonprofit to help you succeed. Uh, you, so your board members are going to help approve and identify needs in your community. Um, also, but they're going to also help identify, you know, your financial part, you know, help bring fundraising events into our, into our nonprofit um, bringing more community members or partners to your nonprofit to help carry on this work. Um, so I just really am going by it from the heart. I want someone that's going to be as passionate as I am to help change and make our community a safer place. Wow. Thank you, Sandy, for sharing that. So right now you said you went through the IRS. Well, you identify your board members and now you're going through the IRS to fill out the paperwork to be able to be tax exempt. Okay. Yep, that's the process at the moment. Okay, and then what does it look like after here? Do you wait for them to kind of respond back to you? Or? So the process is about a year and a half. Oh, um, wow. But I can, at this point, I can work under another nonprofit, so I'm having that conversation 
with a couple of nonprofits that will help carry me through. I can continue, I can start working on my nonprofit, but I independently and stand on your own, it takes about a year and a half. Wow, that's a long, that's a long time. But because you have a long time working for nonprofits and also you have um, that partnership as well with nonprofits that you will be able to get support from during your process and starting a nonprofit. So with that, I think the question here is, what is it that you're wanting to do with your nonprofit? Or have you thought of, I mean, what is it that you, the kind of work you want to focus on for your nonprofit? Um, I think with a nonprofit, I'm looking to build my community partnerships. I'm really recruiting professionals um, from the medical industry, law enforcement, um, universities to come in and join in in the conversation about prevention. That's and, amazing, Sandy. That's amazing. I think that um, it's going, I know it's going to be a very successful agency organization. And I know that because you have put your heart in it and you will just continue doing so and just pulling all of the resources because you've contributed a lot to your community. So they'll just go ahead and pour back into you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank okay. you for thank you for sharing that with us, Sandy. And um, yeah, starting a nonprofit is not an easy task, but it is something that you're passionate about. So for those that are listening in, um, you know, and that's something that you've had in the back burner, um, you know, feel free to start taking the actions so you can potentially start your own nonprofit. Uh, with that, um, I think we also, I think we have a question among all of us. I think some of, most of us have, well, most of us, we all here on this segment have worked for nonprofits and we've worked on different areas. Um, but I think you're passionate about prevention work and you want to continue to work in prevention and you want to push uh, just, is it specifically um, substance abuse prevention or is there other components you're looking into, Sandy? Um, I also like to put in a little bit more of the wellness uh, package to it. So I also have a background. I've worked in physical therapy for over 24 years. And um, I think we need to start talking to our communities about wellness and taking care of our bodies, our mind. And before we go to medications, you know, we're, we live in a society right now that first thing they offer you is a prescription medication for whatever hurts whatever, you know, is bothering you at the moment. And I think we need to take a step back and understand pain management and what we can do to change those so we don't have to go to a prescription first. Mm -hmm. So is it like a holistic approach um, more than um, Western? Maybe, uh, a little bit more Western medicine, but with also um, movement therapy as well as um, physical therapists involved. Great, great. Well, thank you. It's, it's, I think there's like just so many things that one can focus on when starting a new nonprofit, but I think it's important to be focused. And, yeah. and because if, if you have all, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this, it could be a little bit overwhelming because then you're yeah. like, what's your focus? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I think it'll also help, um, Sandy, when you establish your mission statement or it's like, okay, where do I see, like, how do I see my agency or my organization serving the community and being very specific with like your two three mission statement everything you do will kind of just focus back on that mission statement correct and, and writing that out and just you know trimming it down is is a little bit of a challenge at the moment for me because i mm -hmm. see things so big at the moment i need to trim it down and maybe isolate it more to 
be a more powerful statement. Got it. Well, Sandy, I really appreciate you opening up and just sharing with us. Um, I know that this conversation and this radio segment really uh, opened our eyes a little bit more. And just, I hope that the listeners also got some insight as to the nonprofit world. Um, but we thank you so much for joining us and being on the show with us this morning. And we just thank you so much for serving the community and everything that you already do. It was my pleasure being on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. We appreciate you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Well, everyone else, enjoy your beautiful Monday morning. We thank you so much for listening to Pueblo y Salud, Platicando y Mejorando. Ese es el don que le debo a Dios, también la herencia de mi papá. Ese tambor fue que él se inició, también la herencia de mi papá. Ese tambor fue que él se inició.
Bye. 